Hello and welcome to Mirror Fighting Wants to Watch. I'm Rich Jones and today I'm joined by Hopi Price, the uh, first Brit to ever win an Olympic Youth Games gold medal in boxing and one of the top prospects coming through at the moment. We talk about everything from his, uh, his traveller background to his glittering amateur career to turning pro early under Dave Caldwell and having some fascinating experiences early on in the pro ranks. So, um, yeah, an interesting uh, interesting discussion. Hope you enjoy. I hope you obviously got your uh, yeah, next fight planned. It's obviously been a pretty crazy sort of year in the world, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem to have affected your plans too much. Obviously, you got out of fight camp, um, getting out again early in the new year. You must be pretty pleased with the, the chances you've, you've managed to have during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I think um, a big part of it is like um, staying ready. As such, I think um, most fighters, they just uh, take the time out of the gym or with lockdown, what was on the they want training at home as such, so we. I just I just keep on training all the way through. Uh, I know it's a bit thingy, but it's always staying ready. So stay ready, waiting for that phone call to come, and when it does come, then I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. So that's one of the things what um, Nicholas Dave Caldwell told me is to make sure I stay ready because, as you know, now there's less fights. When an opportunity comes up, we've got to grab it with both hands. Yeah, and of course, boxers obviously talk a lot about that staying ready. I mean, what what does that entail? I guess you know, Christmas must have been you know not not really able to eat everything you want. Again, you know, what's it entail on a day to day when fighters talk about that staying ready? Yeah, it's just it's just like um, like you say, it's more of a mental thing. If it, if you want to go to the top of the sport, I think I think you've got to be mentally be willing to to make sacrifices. And like Sam on the young, it is hard for me. I, 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 obviously I was staying in but I can't eat what you want got a train over Christmas to spend time away from your family and, and all things like that really but um, it all pays off in the end when you get the opportunities to fight on sort of big cards Yeah and you mentioned sort of wanting to make it to the top obviously you're pretty early in your professional career but you know a lot of people have tipped you for big things I mean you're still only young how do you sort of cope with, with the pressure that comes with you know the expectations that people put on you? Yeah it's just um I just take it all in stride. Uh, if anything, I like a bit of pressure. I like people talking, uh, talking my name and, and, and talking, saying good things about me. Obviously, you get people, obviously, who, who, there's doubters there as well, but that only motivates me. And as, as say, the young, the young age I am, I just I just take it all in stride and I know where I want to be in the sport. And obviously, um, I think I'll get there. Yeah, and obviously the sort of high expectations come quite a lot from you know you had a great amateur career and stuff like that. But where did it where did it all start for you? How did you end up getting into boxing? Just tell me a little bit about that. Uh, for me, I was sort of born into boxing. Me uh, ever since ever since I was eighteen months old, I, I knew every sh- knew every shot in the book. Me, as you know, people might not know, um, my dad was my amateur trainer, so I trained literally from from no age, and I've been boxing my entire life. Uh, from from maybe 11, 12, I stopped going to school. All, all my schooling was boxing. So I had a good amateur career. Uh, I won every title amateur. And uh, it's just about doing the same in the pros. I want, I want to be the best in the world in the pros, not just in the amateur. So that's why I, I turned off so young. Yeah, and how um, how was it growing up with your dad as your amateur coach? I mean, what's your relationship like with him? What was it like as a, as a uh, youngster growing up with him? Yes, yeah, so some some... There's a lot of it going on, and some people, some of them butt heads. But me and my dad, I, just, I always got on. I, I was always disciplined. I, I done done what I was told as such, and I, I had belief in him. What he was telling me was was the right thing. So, I, 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 for me, it worked. For some people, it doesn't. But for me, it worked. But 
he's, he's still there now. He still still guides me in the right direction. And uh, when it comes to turning pro, obviously he was the one who said, right, time for you to go train with someone else, which was which was Dave. It was sort of both our choice to train with Dave. So so that that was that as well. And how's it been with Dave Caldwell? Obviously, you've been working together a bit now. You enjoying it? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I couldn't have made a better choice. To, uh, I, I believe personally, he's the best coach in, in Britain. So, and, and that's not just me. Just saying that you just you look at the what he's done with other fighters and everything he said he'd do is delivered. And I feel like I've improved loads, and I'm improving every single day in the gym. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously you sort of grew up fighting, and you say you sort of stopped going to school at eleven or twelve. And I was when I was sort of looking at you know your old sort of social media stuff to try and get some stuff for this interview. I saw one yeah. of the posts you did about um, I think it was a photo of you and Tyson Fury, and it was you know talking about obviously coming from a traveller background and, and the challenges that you sort of face in that regard from a gypsy background. Can you just you know tell me a bit about that and you know what you were saying with with that and what it was you know what it was like growing up essentially and some of the stuff you faced from, from that sort of yeah, background. Right, but- Everyone just thinks like I think I think a lot of us get get tarnished with the same brush, like you say. Uh, there's, there's good and bad and all sorts of people. And for me, obviously, yeah, it's quite hard when you go to say I did go to primary school and uh, you got people call, calling your names and and doing this and that. And obviously, as a young kid, you get wound up and obviously they provoke me and it looks like you're the one say getting in trouble. But it was it was always like that. In even even in boxing terms, there was obviously people was maybe had a thing against travellers and sometimes caused my bad decisions and things like that. And the sort of thing was with Tyson Fury, what he's gone on to do, he's been the first one to go and do it for us. Like it was it was a big accomplishment because now you've got all these people, all these kids looking up to him and like they can say, well, they've probably slagged off maybe gyps in the past. Some of them have not, but it's like for us, everyone's looking up to him now. And it's like, uh, it's good to for, that we can change like the perception on it through sport. So obviously, we, I, I'm going to try and do the same. And obviously, you've got Billy Joe Sons, a lot of other good fighters in the travel community who's staying on and trying to do that now. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously Tyson Fury as well. Like you say, being so mainstream, do you think that's, you know, people like that, obviously your goal, I guess, is to, you know, make it to such a huge level as well. Although obviously that'd be tough, but, you know, is that yeah. something that, you know, like you say, it's important to change perceptions, not just in boxing, but kind of outside of boxing. Yeah. As well. well, it's like, it's like you say, you've gone that big now that you see the sort of videos and the press he's getting and like how he's lived and how he's been brought up and they get to see more into it of, of how we actually are. Like we're not, we're not bad people. We're brought up, if anything, the right way. And, uh, Obviously, you can just see more into it. It's not just some of the shows and the programs what's all bad. You're actually starting to see the good. So with him doing that, more people's actually seeing seeing like what it is to be growing up like, like a, a young gypsy kid. So, And is it difficult for some... You say you'd stop going to school about 11 or 12. Was that difficult in some ways? Just, you know, not to be... Obviously, most kids are in school. Is it, is it that something that's difficult? I guess boxing was a bit of an escape and, you know, your sort of place to yeah. go, really. <laughs> Yeah, sort of. Um, like you said, we're, uh, we're always with like family and, and other kids, so you're always socialising. The one thing is, where you're always around adults, that I think I've got more social skills from not being at school than I probably would have done going to school. Like For me, I was never going to go and be something where I needed, say, education or something. It was either I was going to be a bo- boxer or I was just going to go and work in like, whatever the family business was. So for me... I just sort of turned all my like t- 
turned everything again like onto boxing. So I just concentrated on doing that and being the best I can be from a young age. And obviously, big thanks to my family. Obviously, they, they pushed me and, and helped me and sacrificed things myself. And sometimes my dad would drop work and to go to the gym and train me and things like that. So it's yeah, you know, been, been at it a long time. Yeah, and your amateur career obviously had a lot of success. You were the first sort of British uh, youth Olympic gold medalist. Um, just tell us a bit about that experience. I think was it in Buenos Aires the trip? How was? How was, that? that was Yeah, and just just tell me that, a bit that about was an that. Unbelievable experience. Um, I, I never knew really nothing about the youth Olympic Games from being younger when I was maybe fifteen, sixteen, and I was win. I won the European Championships, and like not many fighters won that. And I started. I was like every tournament I was in that I was winning. And then um, I think it came to like, it was 2018. And I said, right, this is a big year. And I said, there's the European, the World Championships and the Youth Olympics, which is every four years. So in a way, you're sort of lucky if your age group fits in it because maybe if I was born, say, a year older, I'd have missed out on it. But you had to actually win a gold medal in Europe to qualify, which is massive, really, because it's not just the pressure of winning a tournament. You had, you had to think about well if I, don't, if I lose I'm not going and, and that year like you said I was, I was cleaning up I won the Europeans got to the final of the world championships which I, I really I, in my opinion I won that fight as well and then going out to Argentina was a brilliant experience obviously you were part of a, a multi-sport games with the youth Olympics um, and then you obviously yeah. turned pro quite early was there ever a temptation to stick around for you know a, a senior Olympic cycle or was it always yeah. go pro early yeah, my, my, my goal was obviously um I want. I set me goal from a young age to go to the 2020 Olympic Games, and um, once I won all the other ones, and I was I was number one in the world under 19 for about two years. I thought, right, it's time for me to go on my the GB program and sort of fast track and try and get towards push towards 2020. And the the longness I had to wait, it was like a few issues where. I'd have missed a lot of the qualifiers or missed a lot of competitions and it was sort of like a waiting game. I was sort of around for maybe six months not doing nothing. And for me, where I've boxed all my life, I've never had no break from it. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I had no fights, nothing to train for, no no ambition. I just sort of thought, you know what? I set out to, to win near enough every tournament amateur. I won the Youth Olympics. I went to World Championships, won medals, Europeans, English, British... I've uh, done the whole lot so far. It's time for a new journey. And that, that's when, obviously, I got in touch with um, got in touch with Dave and went down there and started training and just went from there, really. And what are the sort of challenges you faced in that, you know, adaption to the professional game for, from being an amateur? What have you found the sort of trickier parts of, of the game? Um, do you know what? I don't, I don't find it much different, but I think that's all down to, like like you mentioned before, from, say, 15, with me not having to go to school, I trained like a professional when I was boxing amateur. I'd get up in the morning, I'd, I'd go running five, six, seven o'clock in the morning, and then I'd come back, I'd do another session, 10 o'clock, and I'd train, I'd train three times a day from being about 16-year-old. So the thing is, I was training like a, a mini-professional, as you could say, back then. So for me, it's all, boxing's always been my life, so not much has changed. It, 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 it's still my life now, and it was before, so... For me, it's just about pushing every day and working hard to, to get where I want to be. Yeah, and I think early in your pro career, you went over to the wildcard gym for a little bit, didn't you, with Freddie Roach and Devin Haney. Is that right? Just yeah. tell me a little bit yeah. about that that experience being there and what how that trip came about and, and what it was like. Well, um, I've had a few, a few months with Dave and then 
it was coming up to where I was going to be having my debut and whatever else. So he said, right, part of my development, we went out to America. So I went out to the wildcard gym, like said, some of the best sparring in the world's out there in America. In the wildcard gym, you just could get in with everyone. You could be getting in with world champions, world amateur champions, like sort of just like a big Royal Rumble. Everyone's in the gym and then it's sort of like one in, one out. If you don't quickly get in the ring with your head guard on, then you're going to miss out on the sparring. I literally flew and whatever it is, I think it was about 10 hours. And then I slept for a couple hours and I got straight up, went to the gym sparring and I waited about two hours, three hours with all my gear on. And I was like, yep, yeah, you're next, you're next. But I must have waited like two hours. And uh, Dave said, he noticed quite early that my mentality for such a young kid is, I won't bother. It was like, I've seen it all before and got in and, and sparred after like a bit of jet lag or whatever else. And, Watch say Devin Haney and all them other world class fighters sparring. I had a good two weeks out there of sparring, not only at the wildcard but in Manny Robles' gym. And just it was brilliant sparring out there. And for my development, I come back after say two weeks a lot better fighter than I was going there. So I'm sure in the future we'll go back out to America sparring again. Yeah, you mentioned Manny Robles, Freddie Roach there as well. Did you get any sort of anything you learned or any anything you got from being around those guys in particular? You know, yeah. watching, watching, um, say like how that they, they train over there. Obviously, it's different to how how we train over here. Like some they've got different styles of boxing and and just like how the top trainers and the top fighters in the world go about say before boxing how they, they go about themselves, how to deal with say media, how the how to deal with getting ready, mentality, everything, just, just sort of being around them helped me from, like, this before I've even had a professional fight. I was sparring world-level fighters, uh, man, like people who was, who was boxing world title eliminators, and I never even had a pro fight, and they were saying, this kid's definitely ready for to turn pro. So, so that was a good experience I got. And it's been an interesting start to your pro career. Obviously, made your debut when they were sort of at Manchester Arena, I think it was. Then ended up on the yeah. undercard of the AJ fight in Saudi Arabia. What was um, what was that trip like? I mean, I imagine when you draw up the career, you don't it picture Saudi Arabia as, as the second fight. So, um, yeah, what was that trip like? Uh, the whole experience. It was mad. Uh, first, when I found out, I was actually supposed to be boxing in your hall, and uh, Dave Ram hit me with a bad nerve. He said, "You're not boxing," so I was a bit bullied. And then he turned around and said, "Well." You are boxing in, in Saudi Arabia on Josh Wundercard. And I thought it was Josh at first. And then, uh, like you said, just the whole experience. That was like one of the biggest shows in, in the past, say, biggest shows ever, really. And um, just just to be out there with all, everywhere I went, it was celebrities, world-class fighters, and obviously AJ and how the media is. And it was just an unbelievable experience and good for me to, to showcase my skills on such a big stage so early on I think it's helped with get get, get a good following and things because a lot of people seen, like seen me box from, from that earlier I got a good slot I was I was on live on Sky Sports and so it was all good I put on a good performance Yeah and then from the Rasmus as a Saudi Arabia you go to the, the Brentwood Holiday Inn and then the fight camp at Eddie Hearn's place I mean um, yeah I was there for I think it was the third week um, yeah the third week show it was a very, you know, different experience for everyone, I think. But yeah, what was um, what are your memories now looking back on that and that summer? It was a bit of a strange one, but yeah, what are your what do you sort of remember when you look back at fight camp, the week, the fight, and uh, yeah, that that experience? It was different, obviously, going from having like hundreds and thousands of people around to then like you're in the hotel and it's just fighters, coaches, and like uh, there weren't much media what was in there, and 
But for me, I think personally, five week, you don't really do much. Anyways, you, you do a little bit of training, you, you, you chill out in, in your room and it's all about just getting yourself ready to perform on that, that one night. And obviously with the no crowd, yeah, you do miss the crowd. There's nothing better than, than having a good crowd there. But for me, in my head, I've just got to treat it as boxing's boxing, a ring's a ring, and that's how I look at it. No matter if there's 100,000 people watching me or one person, I'm going to put on the same performance. And of course, the next fight's been announced. It's a, a bit of a step up, a, a good test. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. And what are, what are the goals now going into 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, it's just been announced today. And... Um, as we all know, times is changing with, with what's going on in the world at the minute with the coronavirus. And obviously, we're all in this pandemic. You haven't got time to have as many fights as, say, you had before. But for me, it's better because I, I, I didn't get into the sport to be sort of around fighting journeyman. Uh, obviously, I, I know it's only my fourth fight, but let's see how good I am. I, I know how good I am. The close team around me knows how good I am. So... Let's take the step. If I want to be an elite world-level fighter, world champion, then I've got to get past these steps. I'm willing to take it at this minute so early on. So I'm willing to to take the step ups at the right time. But that that that's how I see it. I, I don't see the point really in you know, keep fighting people who's not coming to win. I, I, I want good competition and that's why I'm taking these soft fights. And I suppose is it quite, you know, is it quite good being the age you are and the sort of stage you've turned pro that you know, you know, you have got got time on your side. You could probably, you know, afford to roll the dice yes. a little bit and know that you know, you you've got time on your side. You've got plenty of years in the game, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. I I've got plenty of years in the game, but for for me, I'm just like I'm super confident in my ability to. It's just just another stepping stone. I've got to go out there February thirteenth, and obviously it looks like a step up, but. It's time for me to really show my class and show how good I am. And I think, especially with this fight, how big of a step it is, people will, will start seeing out how good I really am. Because I'm going to put on a, I'm going to try and steal the show anyways, February 13. Yeah, and finally, you mentioned earlier how, you know, your dad especially, but your family sort of sacrificed a lot, you know, being there to train you when you were growing up, I guess, you know, you might not be having, you know, might not be trained by your dad now, you're trained by Dave Caldwell, but, you know, I guess it you're fighting sort of for them a little bit. It'd be mean a lot if you could, you know, bring that success back back to the family and, and a world title one day. Yeah, definitely. Um, like you say, when I used to win win my amateur medals and that, and I'd get them back and see how proud the old family was. I actually give give all my medals to my dad. I'd all come back and say, that's, that's for you, you keep. So my, my mum and dad's got a, a trophy cabinet just full of all my amateur medals and trophies. And obviously it'd be a, it'd be a dream to, to bring bring a world title like back to the household. But like you say, I, I'm... I'm still still early in my career. I'd like to pick up as many belts as possible, to be honest with you. Even if I go the old-fashioned route, British, Commonwealth, European, I like to clean up and win as many titles as possible. Nice one. Cheers, Hope. I look forward to seeing you try and win all those titles years to come. And, uh, yeah, thanks for speaking to me. All the best when you fight on the third, whatever the date is. Thank you.